Oh, it's good to be here. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. How many of you glad you're here this morning? Glory. Well, we actually call these meetings. We we do these meetings. Um, we travel and, and do them in other states, and we actually are scheduled to, to do one in the early of next year in another country, and we call them Heaven on Earth Encounters. So welcome to Heaven on Earth Encounter Boise. <laughs> um, you know, um, most of you... Maybe, you know, you probably came because you know that you heard that I had an experience um, in heaven and you want to hear about it. Some of you may have come because you want to see what I have to say and see if I'm crazy. Um, And then some of you have come because you go to to Life Church or you know someone that does. And, um, you know, you're here to, to hear about things that are coming in the near future, regardless of your reason for being here. Um, regardless of the reason you think you're here, um, this is a divine appointment with heaven. And um, you have a divine appointment with him this morning. And um, i got to tell you, these services are going to build on each other. So you want to come to everyone. I'm not going to be able to recap. Um, these two services this morning will be a lot alike, but tonight will be totally different. And there's just too much to go into in 30, 40 minutes. So... That's why we're doing more than one. So come back so that you can um, get everything that God has for you this morning and tonight and Wednesday. Amen. It's not about being informed of things. It's about being transformed so you can handle what's coming. It's being transformed in the way you think. You know, we're not meant to panic as children of God, when the things all around us start to even escalate. How many of you know, um, it's a, we see it all around us, signs that Jesus is coming back. And we've heard it for years and years and years, how many years that he's coming back soon. But we, you know, there's never been a time like we're in right now. Never. Never before have we seen things escalating around us and literally the word of God prophecies come into pass as we watch time getting closer and closer. Amen. And so I believe that it's really important that we not only, bec- you know, like I said, that we not only become informed, that we, but we become transformed. And that happens from the inside out. It doesn't happen by just hearing here, but by hearing here and allowing God to transform how we think and how we see things. And the only way that that can happen is that we see things the way he sees them instead of the way we've been seeing them. Right? We need to see things the way he sees things. Amen. Like it or not, that's the truth. we got to see them the way he sees them. So we have to change how we're seeing things. So how does he see things? We have to see things from heaven's perspective. You know, um, for a long time, when people talked about heaven, I mean, when I became born again, I was five years old. Um, But as I grew up in the church and heard people talk about heaven and hell, and, you know, um, I was born again, so I got my ticket to heaven. You know, I don't have to go to hell. Praise God. But heaven was this place that was like way far off beyond outer space. And it was a place where I was going to go to one day in the suite by and by. And maybe that's the way you've looked at it. But starting today, it's time to change that point of view. Because in all reality, heaven is the manifestation of everything in the kingdom. And Jesus has actually instructed us in his word, in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, my favorite scripture. He tells us to set our mind on things above. Let's go to that real quick.
I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. How many of you were raised with Christ? If you're born again, you were raised with Christ. You're seated with him. That's your spiritual place, your spiritual position. That's why we need to see things from heaven. That's where we're seated is with him, in him, at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Amen. So for everyone in here that's born again, this scripture is an instruction to us. Do you agree? So if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, seating at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Boy, that's separate from the way most of us live, isn't it? We just think of heaven every once in a while, a place where we're going to go one day, but we don't have our minds set on heaven more than we do on the earth. Hmm? For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Glory to God. We have a promise as born-again believers that, that when he appears, we go with him. Amen? Hallelujah. But I want, you, I want to read this um, in the expanded version. I don't know if we have that available, but I love the way this is in the expanded. It says, therefore, since you were raised from the dead, raised with Christ. Say, that's me. If it's not, it can be today. Aim at, aspire to, seek after, focus on what is in heaven, the things above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Think only about, well, we could camp there, couldn't we? Think only. And, you you know, some people might say, well, Melody, how am I going to do that? How do I live here on the earth and think only about heaven? Well, how many of you get up every day and and you're very um, aware of, you know, your house, your family, where you live, you're thinking of them during the day? That's your family. You go to work and stuff, but you're thinking about your home, your family. Your mind's on it all day long, on and off, right? Well, as born-again believers, we're not of this earth. We're not of this earth. Our home is heaven. We're born again. We're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We're from heaven. We're of heaven. Amen. (laughs) Say amen or oh me. We're not of this earth. We need to get that inside of us. And so if heaven is our home, if we're seated with him at the right hand of the Father, if that's where we are, shouldn't our mind be there? Shouldn't our hearts be there? Shouldn't our affections be there? Shouldn't we have our minds set on heaven and accomplishing what God and fulfilling our purpose here on the earth for him, for his kingdom? See, what has happened is as born again believers, we've we've kind of fallen into a trap of seeing things instead of keeping our minds set on things above. We're very aware and keep our mind on things that are happening around us. We've actually become very distracted. We have. We're we're very, we've become very self-absorbed. You know, with whatever's going on in our lives. And I'm not trying to belittle those things. I've had things come in my life and I've, I've fallen into the trap of being distracted by those things. But it's time for us to realize that there literally are an entrapment to get us distracted where it's just me, myself, and I. We're part of a kingdom, of a family. This is not a solo act. This is a family. 
And regardless of the things that the enemy may be bringing into your life, you need to see them as a distraction because that's what they are. And when we see them from heaven's point of view, then we can look at them and we can laugh at them. And we can laugh at what the devil's trying to bring in our way as a speed bump or stumbling block. You are not here. Well, I'm just way off my notes, but that's pretty normal for me. (laughs) And my Bible school student said... Yeah, there you go. Um, it's, it's so vital. It's so very, very vital. This isn't just a sermon that I put together on paper. This is a message from God for his people, for his church in the days that we are in. It's so vital that we wake up and realize that we've been distracted. We've even been asleep. And we haven't even known it. And there is a purpose for everybody's life in here. To advance the kingdom of God. To be used as vessels of his love and his compassion. To all of those around us. And if we, if we keep falling into that trap of becoming distracted with everyday life, then we just live day in, day out, doing the same old thing day after day. Until what? Until we die and go to heaven? That's not God's plan. That's not his plan for you. That's not his plan for me. And there are things that are about to happen and are about to, I mean, things have been happening, but there's, there are things that are about to happen. Do I need to move my mic or something? <laughs> They're not saying anything to me, so. Am I ringing out there like I'm ringing up here? Okay, we're good. There are things that are about to happen that if you have your mind set on things going on on the earth. If you are earthly minded instead of heavenly minded, as a born again believer, you will be shaken. But it's God's will that we not panic, but that we help those that do. That we are steady, that we are in peace, that we are stable. And that can only happen when we become kingdom-minded, and heavenly-minded. It's the only way. He instructed it right here. Do you see this? It's an instruction from God. It's not a suggestion. And anytime our Father has instructed us to do something, it's always for our benefit. And I believe that this scripture is more for our time than it has been for any time before. I know it is. Set your mind on things above. Think only about. Set your minds on. Fix your thoughts on the things in heaven above, not the things on earth. You know, this will help people um, because you you all of a sudden become more aware of, of where you're from. And the family you're a part of. And the kingdom you're a part of. And it's no longer just me. Has anyone else fallen in that trap of even as Christians, you know, sometimes we think of it as Christian. You know, one person. Me and God and my walk with Jesus. Do you know it's way more than that? And with that mindset, it it almost causes us to become kind of selfish in the way we see things. Don't mean to step on toes, but it does. Then that's why he's instructed us to seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added. Because seeking the kingdom means seeking beyond myself. And seeking his reign, R-E-I-G-N, his reign in every area of my life. 
and his ways of doing things. Well, his ways of doing things are very selfless, full of love and compassion for others. And that is the way we are to be. Amen? Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Everyone's heard of this. It's the Lord's Prayer. How many of you have heard of this? The disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. I think that's so, um, boy, that's something we could camp on later, isn't it? I mean, they were with him 24-7. They were with him when he wasn't around the multitudes. They were with him when he was. They watched him do signs and wonders and miracles and people raise people from the dead. And I mean, they saw all kinds of stuff. And, and the one thing they choose to ask Jesus to teach them is how to pray. Why? Because they saw that's where he got his power from. They saw him go off and come back. He got his instructions from the Father. And so he teaches his, he tells them, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hmm. In the expanded, it says, so when you pray, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven. May your name always be kept holy. May your kingdom come. And what you want, your will be done here on the earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but I look around and it's not as it is in heaven. It's not that way yet. But but here's... Very important things that you need to realize about this scripture that for years and years and years I didn't I didn't have the revelation on this. How is his will done on earth as it is in heaven? Does he just will it as he is and we just kind of float through until does he just how is his will done on earth through us? His will is done through us. We are his ambassadors. We are his vessels to literally activate heaven on the earth. To let love flow through. To lay hands on the sick and they recover. You know, me? Me? No, not me. That's that's for Pastor Mark and that's for you and that's for you. That's the purpose for your life, is to be a vessel that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, to to do that, we have to know how it is in heaven, right? And so we have to change our mindset on how we used to think about heaven and realize heaven is, it's more real than you standing right, sitting in front of me. It's more real than my hand right here. You know that, I mean, it's to them, they just see right through the veil. And I mean, it's like it's right there. It's not miles and miles away. You know, some, we, we think with this so much, we don't, you know, you almost can't do that with the things of God. You can't logic and reason things out. Heaven's very active with us. And I'm going to get into that in other services. But this morning, I just, I'm just going to share a little bit. I just have a few minutes and um, it's going to be the introduction. How's that? (laughs) So we need to become heavenly minded. Everybody get that so far? That really, if you don't get that, there's... I mean, that's what all these services are about. And it's vital. It's vital. It's, uh... 
I don't think that we should have a mindset that we just want to prepare for things that are coming for ourselves. That's not kingdom-minded. I don't think we should have a mindset that we're just trying to survive. (laughs) There is a purpose for his church, for his body on the earth today. And it is time for us to wake up and see that purpose and walk it out. Walk it out. I want you so shaken and rocked. I want your world just rocked. (laughs) This morning and tonight and Wednesday. Just, I, Jessica was talking to me. This is our, our team here. We just got back from Montana and we had an encounter there. And so on the second row. And Jessica was telling me at the Harvest Festival. I hope she doesn't mind because I didn't ask her if I could share this. But, um, and I want to say it the way she said it, but she was talking to me about how she, it's, everything's different. She gets up in the morning and she's automatically thinking about God and she's worshiping him and she can't wait to get her hands on somebody or talk to somebody or, I mean, you know, her whole focus has changed. And she said, and it's not just a focus, but her heart, she's in love with Jesus like never before. You know what happened? She woke up. You don't mind me sharing that, do you? I hope not, because it just did. <laughs> but I think that happened to the whole team. And, and I believe it's going to happen to a lot of people starting this morning. Because sometimes you're asleep and you don't even know you're asleep. You don't even know it. You know, I don't know how many people have sleep, you know, sit sleepwalk or. But we, we're, a lot of people in the body of Christ are doing that. But praise God, our Father loves us more than we can imagine. And by His Spirit, He has got a wake up call going out to people. Have you, He's just drawing people to Him. To know Him personally, intimately, to walk with Him intimately. And so in order for us to be used as vessels to advance his kingdom on the earth, we first have to be, he first does a work on the inside of us. That has to be done first. So um, 10 years ago, I was, um, for those of you who have not heard this, I was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and um, it had had it in several of my organs, but it had moved into my bloodstream. And once it did that, um, and don't ask me to say the, the technical name because I can't ever say it, um, but I was given five to five and a half months to live. And it, it was just rapidly spreading through in my bloodstream. I was... Um, had three young children married. And news like that can rock your world. Um, so, long story short, um, well, I was going to do it short, yeah. I actually had gone to Bible school um Served in a lot of areas in the church. Had had served as youth pastor with my husband. Um, praise and worship, and you name it. Just very, very um, active in the church, which everyone should be plugged in, serving the Lord. Um, and I, I considered myself to be someone. You know, I loved the Lord. Jessica loved the Lord. There's a lot of people here that love the Lord. We can love him and and just and be asleep and not even know it. And um, here I, I thought I was very awake. <laughs> and all of a sudden I get this news. And so there here came my distraction because all of my attention went to getting my healing manifested. 
all of it. For two and a half months, I don't think I spoke to anybody about the Lord. I don't think I prayed with anyone. I definitely didn't lead anybody to the Lord. I was no good for the kingdom in any way. It was all about Melody getting her healing from cancer. It was all about the cancer. It was a distraction. A lot of you have distractions in your life. And so um, I had, you know, been raised in the word where when you're told something like that, you build your faith up by hearing the word of God. And that is true. We need the word of God. We need to speak the word of God over ourselves instead of agreeing with how we feel and what the doctors say. The kingdom of God is a voice-activated system. You activate it by what you say. Or you can walk, walk in the opposite by what you say. And so I, I got into the word. And I actually, we had an office, and, and I would listen to the word all day, every day. I actually had it on a CD. And I did this every day. And then one day, um, I was in my office, and I was pacing back and forth. I had just had a, a really hard um, appointment with the doctor. How many of you know those are never uplifting? And... So I had just had a pretty hard one, and so um, I was quoting the word, and I was just getting at it, pacing back and forth, just quoting the scriptures. And it's been had been about two and a half months at this point, and then all of a sudden, the best way I can tell you is the Holy Spirit literally arrested me in my steps. I couldn't walk another step, and He said, "Melody, be quiet." And I stood there, and his love filled the room. You know, when God corrects us, he, he loves us. He's loving on us. Condemnation is not of God. But correction is. He'll correct us for our benefit so we can grow in him. And so, um, basically, he, he told me that, I had gotten stuck in a rut of trying to um, work a formula to get my healing, even though it was the word of God, I had left him out of it. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, easy. I just quote the word and I'm not even talking to him. It was all about getting my healing. Remember that solo act I was talking about? Boy, I was in one. And I fell to my knees. The presence of God was so heavy, and I fell to my knees. And and he just lovingly corrected me, and I, re, I repented, and, and I just started to worship him. And he said, Melody, seek my face. Quit seeking my hand. You know, we seek the hand of God so many times. Some people, the only time they pray is when they need something. Seeking the hand of God is what he can do for you. Seeking his face is who he is. And we need to seek who he is, not just what he can do. Who he is will change you. And so I loved on him and loved on him. He loved on me. I loved on him. He loved on me. It was great. And it went on for a while, and, and I, I finally got up, and I looked at the computer, and I realized, I looked at the time, I looked at it again, and I had been down there for six hours. That was my encounter with God. A lot of people think it was when he took me to heaven. That was an encounter, too, but it started on the floor in my office. When I had to turn my focus off of me and my problems and onto him who answers them. And so, from that moment on, my cancer, no cancer, my focus was him and my relationship with him. And I fell more in love with Jesus than I'd ever been 
in my entire life. And in the natural, um, it, it, it looked worse. The, the cancer was spreading, but I was happy. I was happy in him because I refused to let that be a distraction anymore. And I was going to live my life with him, through him, and for him. And so five and a half months down the road from when I had been diagnosed, it was a Sunday afternoon, and um, my son, Preston, was going on a missions trip to Mexico, and I had put it off because of how I'd been feeling, so I hadn't packed for his trip, and they were leaving that night (laughs) um, from the church parking lot before service. And so we go in and we start packing um, for him. I'm sitting on the bed and he's handing me things and and we get everything in there and and he flips over the lid and I I just kind of lean over it to grab a hold of the zipper and I fall on top of the suitcase. And I literally every ounce of any kind of strength and energy was just zapped. It was gone. And just trying to grab a hold of the zipper and move it, you would have thought somebody had asked me to lift a 1,000 pounds. And I knew something's wrong. Well, I had now lived the last several months seeking the face of God instead of the hand of God. And I still stood on his word. Amen. But now I was building my faith with the word of God, and it was being operated and working through love. Faith comes by hearing the word, but it works by love, and he is love. So how can, how can you operate faith that works by love if you don't walk with the one who is love? You don't talk with him, commune with him. Come on. And so um, I stood on the word, and, and I was growing in him, and, and I, I was spending a lot. I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning. And spend time, sometimes I just laid there and just spent time with him. Instead of uh, my Christian duty, it was now a privilege. And um, so, I don't know how I got there, but I went from my son's bedroom, packing his suitcase into my bedroom, and I laid across my bed sideways, just kind of fell. And just started, because it had become natural, just kind of my, just second nature to just talk to him and spend time with him. I didn't even bring up how I felt. And I just started worshiping him and I started singing an old song, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Something happens when you start singing or speaking the name of Jesus. And the room just filled with his presence. I literally, for the first time in my life, felt him walk in the room. I honestly thought that it was Ken. (laughs) That I heard someone come in the room. And then audibly, not here, I mean with my ears, I heard him say, Melody, get up. You have an appointment with me. Well, I opened my eyes really quick and looked, and I didn't see him. Not yet. But I knew it was him, because I've been spending time with him. He says, we know, we'll know his voice. So I knew it was him. And so I get up, and, and, and I don't know how, I just knew in my spirit that this appointment was at church. <laughs> so I get to church, and we see my son off, and... and um. You know, the enemy will try to get you. He just wants you to agree with him. That's where we get messed up. You know, just agreeing with thoughts that he brings to your mind. And and as I was hugging my son, he said, you're not going to see him again. And so just to defy him, I, I just said, see you when I get home, babe. Remember what I said a few minutes ago about voice activated system? You can choose who you want to agree with. You can agree with God and get God's results, or you can agree with Satan and get his. I want God's. Amen. 
some water really quick. <laughs> so um, this is my wonderful hubby. I love him. I want to get this said. We have a few minutes. So, um, Ken helps me into the church service. It had already started because they got the kids off a little late. And he was literally about carrying me. Uh, and so, we sat close to the back. There were three sections of chair, of plate, you know, three like this. But they went farther back. There's about 700 people there. And you know, I believe God did this because he loves to perform signs and wonders for people to see who he is and what he can do. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what I'm about to tell you did not happen for Melody to be healed from cancer. Melody being healed from cancer was so that Melody could fulfill God's plan for her life here on the earth. There's no healing needed in heaven. Remember on setting your mind on things above? What's above? Divine health? We can get into that later. We're supposed to be walking in divine health and carry divine healing. Activating heaven on earth into people's lives. So I stood and and everybody was um, worshiping the Lord. I almost sat down. We had chairs like these that are connect, you know, at the seats. And I almost sat down and, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, heal people stand up to worship God. So I stood up and I had to hold on to the chair in front of me to be able to stand up. And so I closed my eyes and I'm worshiping. I just, because I was there at home, I could just, boom, I was right there in the throne worshiping him. Didn't have anything to get off of me of the day, you know, because I'd been there at home. Hint, hint. <laughs> I just can't imagine what would happen. We probably would never end service if everybody came here so full because they're worshiping at home. Yeah, now now I am stepping on toes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, had my eyes closed, worshiping the Lord, and our pastor, his name was Pastor Mark, uh, was another Pastor Mark, and he was walking um, in in front down on the floor, just walking back and forth. He called it circled in the airport to find out where to land. Basically, he knew and sensed by the Spirit of God that God wanted to do something, and he was not going to rush God. He wasn't going to move forward with his agendas and his plans. He was going to find out God's. Right there in the middle of service. So he's praying in the Holy Spirit. And so he's coming back this way, and he stops... And he looks back towards us, and he explained to us that later that what it looked like is, you know how a camera will zoom in on somebody's face? That's all you see, you know? It's like, come. So that's what it looked like. He didn't know what was going on. <laughs> that's just what he saw. I, about, I opened my eyes at that time. I noticed to my right, in the aisle to my right, was a, an angel about nine feet tall. First time I'd ever seen one. And he smiled and nodded at me. And then I noticed to the left, in the left aisle, was another one. And he smiled and nodded at me. I thought, oh, what's this appointment? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I look up and Pastor Marsh is standing there. Looking back, nobody said anything. Nobody touched us. My husband was standing here. It was me and then my youngest, Brandon. He was eight. And like dominoes, we went down. Well, remember I was holding on to the chair? 
Well, we took half a row with us. <laughs> and when we went down, my knees did not bend. Try doing that one in the natural. I went sideways, took a chairs with me, and my knees didn't bend. I was like, it was like I was a statue. It was very heavy, Ken said, because I landed halfway on him. Well, the ushers come over because, you know, they want to make sure this was for real and we weren't hurt. <laughs> and um, so they start pulling the chairs off of us, and when they do, they get to the one I'm holding on to. And it took like three of them, I think. Is that right, babe? Something like that. To pull the chair from my fingers. And, and when they did, they got the chair loose, but my fingers, they stayed like this. You know, in the form of holding the chair. And then they noticed that my eyes were wide open. And they stayed that way. They tried to get me to blink. They tried to, they did like this, tried to, did everything they could. They clapped in front of me and did this and I don't know what else. They said they did all kinds of stuff. I wasn't aware of any of it. but And so my eyes didn't blink. And, and I, I wasn't looking like this. I was like, nobody was home. You know what I mean? And it, I stayed like that for 45 minutes. I wasn't aware of falling. I wasn't aware of any of that. All I knew was instantly I was in heaven. And Jesus was standing in front of me. And I knew where I was. No one had to tell me where I was. We're of heaven. I was home. Something happened spiritually and I knew where I was. And I knew it was Jesus. Nobody had to announce him. I knew that was my Lord. In the spirit, we know each other in heaven. We're family. So we definitely know him. And it was, it was just instant like that. Not even a thought. I just, I fell to my face. And I started worshiping him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I was crying, but they were tears of the most purest of joy and fullness of joy I'd ever experienced. And he walked over and he touched the top of my head and this jolt of life just flashed through me. And then he took two fingers and put them underneath my chin and lifted my head to look up at him. And he smiled. He said, there'll be plenty of time for that later. Give me your hand. And when he lifted out his hand, there's a hole that goes all the way through his hand, in the meaty part of his hand. And light was shining through the hole. Glory was all around him. It was through his hair, on his face. His skin almost looked coppery. There was so much glory and light. I took his hand and he lifted me to my feet and I knew as I looked in his eyes that he was helping me stand. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to. And I didn't let go. I kept holding his hand. And I took my finger and I touched the scar in his hand. And I started to trace the hole. And I don't know how else to describe this to you. It's almost impossible to describe supernatural things with natural vocabulary. Heaven doesn't have the vocabulary we have. We're so limited in our vocabulary. But the moment that I touched that hole... How many of you know he's, he's the God of time? He can literally make it what he wants it to be. 
That's why it says a year is of a thousand, or a day is of a thousand years, a thousand years is of a day. It can be either way with him. He can literally look through a portal of time in the future and he can look back. And instantly, it was as if he put me in this time where all of a sudden, when I touched his hand, I was with him. I was there. And I was standing, walking beside him as he carried the weight of that cross. And his body was, it looked like he would collapse under the weight of it. There was blood rushing down his face. They didn't just put a crown of thorns on his head. They put it and moved it. And I walked with him. I don't know. I, I pray that you're getting the reality of this. It wasn't something I was thinking. It was as if I was there. I was there. And I watched them lay him on we we call it a cross and it is but it was it was a tree and it was rough and and i i watched as they drove those spikes in his hand and in his feet and then they stabbed him I watched him hang there, literally looking up at him. As he looked down and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. For for those of you who have fed into religion, religion is not going to find God for you. a denomination or or just going to church or or being part of a denomination is is not finding God. You can't try God. You choose God. I watched literally. I stood there as he Struggled to lift up his head. And almost like a breath, he, he suddenly looked grotesque. He couldn't even recognize him. And he said, it is finished. And his head fell. And the ground started to shake under my feet. And then instantly, I'm back in the garden, holding his hand with my finger on the scar. And I looked up at him, tears running down my face, and his eyes were so full of love. I can't even explain what it's like to see love like that. It consumes Everything in heaven. And he said, these, Melody, are the scars that remain. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. See, religion, religion is a way that man tries to reach up and get to God by their own works, by what they do, or what they've been told they're supposed to do. But through Jesus, we have redemption. And that's when he reached down to us, and he pulls us up to him.
There's no religion that can get you to heaven. You can't get there any other way than to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You must be born again. And this morning, I know that there's people here that either you're not born again, you don't know that if you died the moment you walked out of here and something happened, if you died, you don't know if you'd go to heaven. You don't know for sure. The thing is, you can be sure like that. It's just receiving the love of Jesus. He is so real. And what he did for you is real. And he's not a God expecting you to be perfect. He looked at me with his eyes and he said, Melody, I didn't just take on sin. I became it for you. He became it. He's not a God of law. He's a God of love. And everything he's done is for us. And so this morning, if you don't know him, you can. And if you are born again, but you've been distracted by life like I was talking about, this morning, right now, we can purpose right now to lay those distractions aside and start seeing things from heaven's perspective. Seeing them heaven's way. Seeing them his way. Seeing our circumstances the way he sees them. He has given us the victory. He loves you. I, To me, I wish I had another word. I, I wish he'd give me one. Because it's almost become, sadly enough, cliche for people to say God loves you. Because the love of God is beyond anything you can ever, ever comprehend. His love for you. He's the only way. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Only way to the Father. I'm actually going to ask Pastor Mark to come up and help me with this. We're going to give everyone an opportunity. If there's anyone here that doesn't know, I love the way Pastor Mark does this, so I'm going to stay with you and let you.